Do the hard things now. Doing hard things now when you have an illusion of control, i.e. you can pick what hard things you do, will prepare you and thicken your skin for when the unavoidable and unplanned hardships come. Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to Sally Forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp, brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. So I don't think it's an overly profound thought, but it's a, it's a think that I thunk. And we, we've done some challenges here in the past, and I'm also in, um, I am the, the proud president of the Do Things the Hardest Way Possible Ever Club. Uh, and so I'm always recruiting members. So this is a recruitment. This uh, was a, this is a re- recruitment podcast. Okay. Uh, sign up today at uh, Ducks Never Waver. Do things the most difficult way possible. Dot org. And I mean, I was I was six years old, in, in in first grade, and I was I was doing math. And I showed my teacher my work, and she looked at it. I had scratch paper in first grade, by the way. Like, I, I, was, I was working. I was showing the work. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Getting by. It's all taking and no giving. In first grade. And she looked at it, and she said, why did you do it that way? And I said, well, is it right? And she said... Yes, it is, but you did it in the most complicated way possible. Why did you do it that way? And I'm like, well, that's the way it made sense to me. And and so then she just walked away, <laughs> as she often did, because didn't quite know what to do with me. And as long as I got the right answer, which always baffled her. She could not understand how I got the right answers all the did time. Did you understand how you got the right answer? It made sense to me, and I, I did it for that problem every time. Okay. I well, mean, I don't, a- I don't know what the problem was anymore at this at this point. It was probably some word problem, right, of like, you know, you know Tommy s- has 50 watermelons, and then Sally has 200 watermelons, and then um, uh, Dominic ate two. You know, what are you left yeah. with, right? Yeah. You know, how much can they bring to the picnic? Right. It was probably one of those word questions that I always hated because, like, I'm just like, your story is pathetic. I, always, I, I judged it on, on story merits and not and not on math merits. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. I was like, there's a lot of information lacking. Like, it just because those are the, like, maybe they have that many watermelon at their disposal, but who's to say that they're actually going to bring that to the party? Yeah. And that then, seems a bit excessive. And then you want to watch... Mr. Majestic when they're shooting all the watermelons and
carnage of watermelons and that's what you're thinking of. And then they're like, well, you know, how many watermelons does Sally have? And you're like, I don't care. I just want to watch the movie. You know? Mr. Majestic is a fun movie. It is a fun movie. Uh, Such violence done against watermelons, though. (laughs) It's pretty epic. The only thing that would have been better is if Sam Peckinpah had gotten his hands on that. that Yeah, it's... they're trying. I feel yeah, like they're I, yeah, they're channeling. They're channeling the, the powers of Peck and Paw. I also watched a, a movie called uh, My Name is Nobody. Yeah. Really wacky, cool western by Leone. And uh, one of the tombstones, they're walking in a, in a grave, and the guy reads the tombstone and says, Sam Peck and Paw. Good Cherokee name. <laughs> thought like it's nothing terribly profound but I I, I do think that if you I I don't know you hear a lot of times you're like oh I'm happy in my comfort zone but uh, like life will throw things out of you know and push you out of your comfort zone very quickly all the time it does it daily and so if you get used to not settling in a comfort zone is going to be easier when the 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 bleep hits the fan. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not saying that it minimizes the terrible things that life lessons that you'll you'll have to learn. But do you think it's it's as as a kind of a uh, you can kind of train yourself to handle things? Well, they're smoother, smoothly. There's something to be said for the fact that there's a lot of suffering in life and you can't ignore the fact that we are in a sin-ridden world where we're suffering. Even even if you try to get as comfortable as you can, there's still going to be a a modicum of suffering. Mm -hmm. So the question is... Nice word choice, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. So the question is, is it better than to take up arms against a sea of trouble and by opposing end them. As in by picking up the challenge of life and and seeing that there is going to be that suffering and and hardship, those uh, slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, that by willingly taking up that challenge, you maybe don't even get to lessen your suffering 
but the suffering that you encounter is a better suffering. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And I think it also isn't just that maybe your suffering isn't necessarily diminished, but the suffering of people around you can be diminished because Mm. you didn't abdicate that responsibility. Yeah. Well, also talking about suffering and it's kind of made me thinking of, of God gives us suffering as a blessing as much as like the good things in life too, you know, and, and he has a purpose in all of it. And so I think you can kind of train yourself to see the good parts in the suffering. Like if you push yourself to do things that, that stretch you that are hard then you can kind of see, like, you have more instances when you got to the other side of the mountain, and then you look back and you're like, wow, what a beautiful mountain that I, I crossed over. Does that make does that make sense? I don't know if that's, that's kind of a poor metaphor. But, like, if your hardship is the mountain, and, like, the more mountains you've crossed, the more that you see the next mountain. And, yes, it's bigger. Yes, it's it's steeper. Yes, it's colder. Yes, it's it's the most awful mountain. But you can also look behind you and see all the mountains that you've gone through. And then you're like, okay, well, this is the biggest one yet, but I, I have all these mountains behind me backing me up. Like, is that, it's a weird metaphor <laughs> or no. analogy, uh, but uh, I don't know if. It makes sense because let's think about it in just a, everybody knows that if you exercise, you get stronger. But while you're doing the exercise, do you feel stronger? Do Mm. you necessarily feel better? A lot of times a workout, a strenuous workout is really horrible. We will say sometimes like, oh, I died. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it was a killer workout. killer workout. That exercise killed me. Yeah. Why? Why do we say that? Because it's it's struggle, right? And... The reason we do it is to get stronger. So I think that fits in I with what I always think of it as for. maintenance. So maybe, maybe this is an interesting twist to this idea. I I work out to maintain what little mobility I have. Like, it's really, like, I, I don't have, have goals besides the fact that I would like to be able to use my body. Yes. And working out is a way to regain that use of my body. Well, I, I think that you have just hit upon um, an old person's view of, of exercise. <laughs> well, kids. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Soon will be. Bring out your dead. Here's one. Ninepence. I'm not dead. What? Nothing. Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Yeah. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not he isn't. Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. No, it, it to me, I look at, like, I don't, I'm not, I, you know, to me, like, spending an hour working out, I'm like, ugh. But it's kind of like, you have to do it. You you have to do it because not doing it is worse. <laughs> in a certain sense, you do it as maintenance because you know that you're going to have to do things like you're gonna have to go up the stairs you're gonna have to clean up your room you have all these physical tasks just living like you're just Mm -hmm. gonna have to be able to go shower and um, cook your food cook your food and go get the mail like all these these daily tasks and so if you push yourself to work out 
it's harder in that moment, but then it makes the suffering and like the work of your other physical movements easier. Does that make sense? Yeah. You be That's, by okay. will by willingly taking on suffering then the suffering of everyday life gets easier. Yeah. So that's kind of like where this whole idea came comes from. Like, it, it's not that you're like, oh, I've never had relationship troubles, so I'm going to sabotage my relationship so that I know what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like, that's I, not that, at all what I That's say. somebody who's never had, like, a real relationship there because every relationship goes through... To trunk. Yeah. Oh, right! It, massively, it's not a real relationship. Like, or, I well, think, they ha- just haven't been paying attention if they they don't remember the struggles well, they don't, they've had. They don't have a very deep relationship yeah. then. Like, but you, I'm not saying like go out and cause mayhem in your in like I'm not saying like if you're happy with your job that you should just go quit your job because you've never experienced you, unemployment. Do you want me to send you back to where you were unemployed in Greenland? Let's say, like, yeah. you know, I'm, that's not the challenges I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, uh, let's say that, um, what's, what's something, like, you, you get nervous uh, hosting a party, or, like, you get nervous when you have to talk to people, right? Like, when, you know, when yeah. people expect you to, you know, like, well, maybe host, a, like, force yourself to host a party, and, like, keep it small, but, like, I don't know, like, find those little things that, like, okay, that's... I wish that I didn't have such a problem public speaking. Well, maybe find a way... uh, I think a good one for that is a lot of people, a lot of Christians, feel uncomfortable praying in a social setting. Yeah. I think that's a really good one because that's... Everybody knows that you should be able to do that, but it it is terrifying. It is terrifying. And it's also nice because no one's going to come up to you and say that was a horrible prayer. Have people done that to you? No, but I think you you just feel ashamed. You you know you feel ashamed. No, I think I think if you're not prepared for it and you haven't if you haven't practiced it and you haven't yeah. got, gotten over doing it, it's terrifying because you're going to have the long pauses and then, mm-hmm. and the thinking and the uhs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's a good thing to yeah to encourage people to be willing to to pray in. in in front of their their brothers and sisters. Right. It can be scary for some people. Challenges might be that uh, we talked already about, like, physical ones. Um, Now that was kind of an emotional one. Well, no, not emotional, but, like, a... A social pressure A social pressure. So, like, we have a physical, we have social... Sociological. Sociological? No. Sociological. Yes. See, we know words. We just can't pronounce them. Pretty much. It's really sad. <laughs> Another one could be something like, I don't know, like there's there's a there's a skill like I don't know, you don't know how to cook, right? And so I think that's a like, good good one to investigate. Yeah, and we've talked about why cooking's a good one to to learn because you do fail so often. Like it's <laughs> you know, and so you have those hurdles every day, right? And so mm-hmm. that that kind of toughens your skin or just kind of gets you used to all of a sudden everything's burning all at once the panic of like ah! everything's then, failing yeah because yeah i mean like life all of a sudden is going to be like in a hot kitchen where it's a flurry like the phone's ringing and this is going on and this bill's coming in and you don't have the money for it and mm-hmm. then you have to go to work and you know you're you're doing this job overtime, and you feel sick, and, and you feel sick, and you haven't slept because something ha- like whatever, like you, and all the pressures are making it harder for you to sleep, for you to rest up and actually handle them. Yeah, and so that's a life 
experience. Yeah. And cooking when you're trying to get three dishes on the table at the same time, all hot, kind of prepares you. Like, there's a, actually a fair bit of similarities, I think. Between and mentally, cooking. like dealing with those things, and so deal. So cooking is is like dealing dealing with life in a microcosm, in a yeah. way. Yeah, I think that's interesting because that could be explored in more depth. Because there's always with with a meal. It, I think what's great is it starts with an idea, and then that goes into the preparation stage. And I, I think that that correlates life because almost every, no, not almost every action starts with a thought, conscious or otherwise. And then you have to prepare for acting upon that thought. And then you have to start acting. Mm-hmm. And then you have to overcome the unexpected, the unforeseen, because you're a finite creature. You didn't see everything that was going to happen you didn't see that no uh, one ever expects the spanish inquisition nobody expects the spanish inquisition exactly (laughs) and that's the thing it you can be chopping your onions nicely and the next moment you're burning your chicken broth you know um yeah it's true you you can burn your cheeks or or you cut yourself and then you're like oh what do i do and like and it can really throw you for a loop and yeah and your skill as a cook is not determined by you not having those things happen to you, but how well you are able to take those punches and roll with them. How yes. how are you able to see that like, oh yeah, this didn't go as planned, but I'm going to turn that weakness into a strength. Yeah. I like what you said about like, uh, it cook- with cooking, it doesn't matter those bumps along the way, the end product is what you care about mm-hmm. and how you handle it so that you can have something at the end. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it also, may change, yeah. like, right. Like you, you may have a dish that starts with one name and then by the end yeah. it has a different name. Yeah. Because like it was going to be eggs with hollandaise sauce and the hollandaise sauce curdled. So now you have no hollandaise sauce, but you came up with um, a little salad to go with it yeah so you have a you poached can... egg and salad now. yeah or... exactly so you you, you pivot and it, it changes but it's still good and yeah then... you just the one thing a little tip for like when you're actually cooking for other people don't tell them like this was going to be this oh no no you know you don't need they don't need to know it yep. they don't need to feel sorry for you yeah. you don't need to feel sorry for yourself they're just gonna feel bad yeah. Is cooking is a little bit like a performance art. Yes. Where the audience... Well, why do you why do you think that it actually turned into a performance art like channel with the Food Network? Right? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of similarities with cooking and yeah. performance arts. It, but like as someone who's on stage and doing like is bombing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's painful for them, but it's just as painful for the audience. Yeah. Like the audience wants you to succeed wants you to do they well. want to be entertained they want to be fed and it's nice too like when you have the 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 idea of control right when you embark in something like this where you're like well i chose it right yeah and so and because like life will throw things to you unexpectedly like nobody expects the spanish inquisition you didn't choose it but then you at least you have skills under your belt of like oh yeah i've i've had to do this and yeah, and, and and it is true that like you you have that internal dialogue. Well, I chose to do this, so I I I will do this. But yeah, what do you do when you get to the point of like I could quit? 
And especially when there's there's things in life, a lot of the times the more meaningful stuff you have to do, the hardest stuff you do is like stuff that you can quit. Mm. Right? There's no immediate or even delayed ramifications for your quitting. Uh, How do you feel about that? Like, Yeah, so with most things in life, it's okay to take a break if it's not working and put it away for a while. But with doing that... I guess I'm thinking more from a making perspective of, of when I'm making something that isn't working and it really matters to me that it does work. Yeah. I try to pull it apart and say, well, I need to learn how to do this first before I can add these complications. So then you kind of like, I'm taking a break from the big problem and making a smaller problem that I'm going to tackle. Uh, let's take like sweaters for, for instance, like, uh, I feel like I'm very much a novice with, with sweaters still, honestly. It's very complicated making garments that actually go on weird human forms. <laughs> they have necks and arms and weird torso things. It's impossible. But I, I was trying a couple times and I was like, you know, and I was trying to do a mosaic print with it. And it was just getting too much, and I'm like, I need to take a break from this. And then I just followed a pattern for a really basic sweater. And then things started to click in my brain of like, oh, okay, that's where that needs to go. And that, I don't know, like, it just kind of freed up brain space. I just kind of relaxed a little bit, and then everything worked better. Yeah. I like what you're saying is like, I seeing challenges and saying, well, maybe I'm not up to the challenge yet. Mm-hmm. Because I I have been there with things and just I didn't know what step was going to be next in the project. Yeah. And sometimes the solution is to just charge ahead and not, not knowing what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You just try something and if it doesn't work, you're going to try something else. Yeah. But there are instances where you're just at a loss. You don't even know that. And then it, it's, it's 12 o'clock in the morning and you're crying and... You've cut things wrong several times now and, Mm -hmm. you know, you've cut it three times and it's still too short. (laughs) And so... Yeah, and with time... Also, too, like, stepping away from it for a minute, like, maybe you can find somebody that will help you. Like, maybe, you know, having... Like, you find someone and you're like having a conversation with someone and you, you tell them your struggles, then they're like, Oh, I've been through something similar. This is what I did. Yeah. You know, so you stepping back from it, I don't think necessarily means quitting, quitting. That's hard. I don't have much experience with that. And that's not a, that's not a humble brag. It's, uh, just more like just showing how stubborn a person you really are. Yeah. To detriments of, of multiple people's health. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really not a flex. But I don't I don't know what, what I've... Like, if I've... Uh, I don't know. You just have to evaluate your priorities. And, like, is this... Is this Something I can quit, too. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I have quit things. But then it just became moot. Because I decided it wasn't important anymore. <laughs> So I didn't quit. You were dumb. <laughs> you can't quit. I fired you. Yeah, pretty much. 
going to fire this project. That sounds much more commanding. <laughs> it does. It does. I fire you into the closet with you. Well, I, there are some things in life that just aren't going to work out. And how you walk away from that is just uh, just as important. Yeah, level, you can't... And what level of commitment, like in a relationship, like what yeah. level of commitment are you at before you, like... Quit? Are we giving dating advice now? No, not dating advice. I'm oh, just good. saying, like... There, like, if there's a coworker that you get annoyed with, and they invite you over, like you don't have to go. Like, be, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't, don't do that. But I'm not, ta- I'm not giving advice about. But I'm like, there's levels of relationship, right? And some relationships yes. you cannot quit. Right, and uh, I think. And so I'm, but I'm, yeah. And, like, and that's the, where you you ch- like you look at your priorities, right? Like, there's some like you just can't quit, but there's some where you're like, okay, that's not helping me and i it's kind of dumb well i think that's looking at things at different levels in in the game of life if you will like there's sure the strategic level and the tactical level so that would have much improved the actual game of life oh right yeah yeah i like how you said the game of life and i knew you totally forgot that there's a board game life yeah little pink people that you put in the yeah i never played that much no, you uh, hated it because there was no level of strategy and what what. Tactics. You just rolled die and then you did what the cards told you. Yeah, that's pretty much what life is. <laughs> then you're like, "There's no strategy. This doesn't make any sense. I can't, I can't bend it to my will." And I'm like, "Exactly, Edwin." <laughs> it's all in the fate's hand. Exactly. <laughs> now I just got off on like. Oh, a I'm sorry. Weird tangent about like exigency and whether we are stocks and blocks or not, but. That's, you can, that's you can gonna go wherever you that's want. gonna be a subject for another day. Maybe when we do um, the confessions. Oh yeah. Someday, folks, we will do mm-hmm. August the confessions by Augustine. Yeah. So very. So start reading now, start, so you're prepared. Yeah, so you're prepared. Yeah. And eating lots of pears. Ah oh, yes. In thinking about time. And going into gardens and picking up and read, ing. Mm-hmm. Pick up and read. Pick up and read. But to bring us back to our topic of doing hard things, I think I wanted to ask you, what's the first thing you remember doing that was incredibly difficult in your life? First thing that was incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. I right away know what mine is. Um, I think something that really pushed me um, was I did this 4-H sewing thing. Oh, yeah, that was miserable, wasn't it? It was really <laughs> bad. It was really bad. And I came with a really good attitude. I'm like, I've always wanted to you know, learn how to sew. I want to sew my own clothes so that I can look like a pioneer. Like, that's basically what I yeah. wanted to wear all the time. Was, yep. you know, angel- like, I, I just wanted to wear historical costumes all day long. Yeah. And so I'm like, I can't buy, like, to buy them is really expensive, so I should learn how to sew. And Besides, that's what they did. Yeah, exactly. Needs to be authentic. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, okay, let me learn how to sew. And then they, they basically berated me for being too old. Even though they said there was no age limit to when you could start. But then they, they were just like, oh, you're in with the six-year-olds and you're you're too old for this. Right. And, but that's but because then, then got... they didn't put me in the older class either because, like, well, you don't know anything. Right. But that's the thing. is like you could have progressed through the younger child's thing. That would have been fine. Yeah, and I was fine with it. I was like, okay, like just show me what to do. And I would do something, and then they would say, oh, you didn't do that very well. And I said, okay, let me take it out and do it again. They're like, no, don't don't bother. 
we'll just keep going. It's good enough. I'm like, well, you just told me it wasn't good. I should do it again. And they're like, no, we, you don't have time for that. And so I'm like, wait, so is it good enough or is it bad? Like, what is it then? You know, and I remember one time trying to get, um, oh, it's something like you have to iron on and it sticks. It's like some sort of like interfacing. So it kind of makes like a, a cuff thicker. Okay. It was kind of pointless, honestly, but she had me doing it. And it was pretty old stuff, and I didn't know this, but it's very normal for not all of it to stick. And so I'm basically crying over this iron because I'm spending my whole class trying to get the thing to stick. And I don't know how to do it. And I basically, like, then I grab somebody and I say, like, it's not working. And she's like, oh, that's as much as it always works. Don't worry about it. I'm like, what? So basically they ignored me and then they berated me. Why, he is the prince's jester. A very dull fool. His only gift is in devising impossible slanders. None but libertines delight in him, for he both pleases men and angers them, and then they laugh at him and beat him. And then and then I and then I quit, and then they're like, Why are you quitting? <laughs> so that was that was a really horrible situation. I'm trying to think of like, I, yeah, I guess that would, that's the one I think of where I'm like, that was a really horrible experience. And now I do other things where I'm like, that was also a horrible experience. It also taught me that if they're bad teachers, you're not going to like, they're, they're going to mock you for not knowing things. And a good teacher will be excited to teach you at no matter age you are. Like it yeah. doesn't matter what age you start. Yeah. It should not. Like, if somebody if somebody berates you for starting late in life, you, you walk away from them. Right? Like, that's, think, that's a like horrible that's... attitude. Like, if someone says that, oh, you're too late to learn X, Y, Z, you just have to walk away and find somebody else to teach I, you. Yeah. Honestly, they just don't have much confidence in their teaching ability. Mm -hmm. But it also doesn't make any sense because adults can learn things faster than children. Mm -hmm. Because you have all those years of experience and all this inter connectivity of of skills like nothing's in a pigeonhole yeah it's everything a, yeah. connects to everything you even if you never did anything crafty in your life but you knew how to do spreadsheets you at least know how numbers work so you know how to measure yeah. or at least measuring isn't going to seem very foreign you can count the yeah. numbers on a line yeah. um so like all those things translate so th that's ridiculous to say that you didn't s start early enough Really, the only things that are kind of sort of like that are where I can only think of really athletic pursuits because you only have so mm -hmm. much time where you have, you only have so much time to learn everything you need to learn Yeah. and your body be at peak yes. physical performance. Yes. Sewing's like, not one of those things. No. There's no like yeah. sewing Olympics or anything no. like that. But you know, that's why... Like if you want to be a... a you know, a pro tennis player. Yeah, you are going to have to start at three, four years old. Yeah, because the only reason is because, because like these, your you body's like... going to be on the decline by 35. Yeah. Which is weird. But yeah. that's why most athletes peak around 30 because they have a, a ton of knowledge by that point and their body isn't going into decline. Yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely athletic pursuits age does does matter mm -hmm. that being said playing sports recreationally 
uh, either young or old, can get you really familiar with failing and getting back up after you do mess up. And especially like baseball, you have so many games in a season, like you have to just show up each and every day, even though you had a bad day yesterday, you have to make it a good day today. So using sports as one of those fun challenges, it's like you have the enjoyment of the game itself, but then also you can think about how it pushes you physically and mentally, and it can be another one of these really healthy challenges. Yeah, I'm not even saying I'm like going to be a pro sewer. Is that a thing? I guess. I mean, actually, I've sold something I've sewn. So, haha, I'm a pro sewer. Yeah. A little so-and-so. <laughs> I'm a little so-and-so. Thank you very much. I How about you? Oh, what? What were you going to say? No, nothing. Were you? Really? Yeah. Okay. No, uh... I felt bad. I feel like whenever I edit, I cut you off all the time. Try Like, you don't go back to your point. I was oh. like, oh, did you actually have a point? or? Well, the problem is, is that I don't have a lot of points they're oh. kind of more like just nubbins brain nubbins oh, brain nubbins yeah they come off of the apple tree <laughs> with the parallel lines yeah <laughs> we're back to that are we what was yours you said that you thought yeah like you knew clearly oh learning how to read was the first difficult yeah. thing i did oh i think one of the first difficult like if we're talking like that far back the first difficult thing was learning how to catch a baseball that was painful literally oh man Took them to the face, to the arm, to the knee. I mean, you did have like, you did kind of have this process of like, if I keep throwing my body at it, eventually I'll catch the ball. Put the candle back and I will block it with my body. (laughs) All right. I think I have it figured out now. Take out the candle and I'll block the bookcase with my body. Now listen to me very carefully. Don't put the candle back. With all of your might, shove against the other side of the bookcase. Is that perfectly clear? I think so. Good girl. No, that was really hard for me, and I, I actually got quite good at it. Yeah. Uh, so that was very exciting, um, but that was a lot of tears were shed. Yeah. And I, I caught it very weird for the for the longest time. I twisted my entire arm and would like catch it from the back and move. It was like, like you were catching it from behind you. You turn away from it because you were scared of it. Yeah. Which, with good reason, mm-hmm. you kept getting bonked by it. Eventually, and what did help your confidence is when we got the balls that were uh, softer. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that did help. Yeah. Yeah. Just that slight squish. Yeah. Yeah, badminton was so much easier for me than, than baseball, but... You know what was hard for you with badminton? Serving. Serving. I could not serve worth a lick. Nope. But... Also, I'm... I was three years older than you. I would nope. like to remind. You're younger. Two... <laughs> You're three, I said it. I, I meant... Oh, dang. <laughs> also, you're three years older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> that one you agree to. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I feel like your hand-eye coordination is a little bit better. Oh, I whacked yeah. my hand. Talk about pain. Like, I would throw it up and, <laughs> right on my hand. 
<laughs> the birdie would be on the ground. <laughs> and would be in pain. <laughs> it stung. Uh, swimming was not... Uh, now I'm talking about everything thing I did as a child. <laughs> swimming was not a challenge. I took to, to the water like a fish. <laughs> like a stone. <laughs> like a stone. <laughs> I drowned a couple times. That was fun. Do we have any more? Anecdotal wisdom. Well, what I like about anecdotal vi- wisdom is that it feels much more immediate because it's just people telling stories mm, and it's mm-hmm. much more relatable than if mm-hmm. somebody told you the statistics of people who tried to do hard things and mm-hmm. then, you know even though their numbers of a failure were really high they uh, they eventually succeeded it just seems very i i removed. think yeah and, I, and also i think a little bit we shouldn't be saying that you should do hard things we, we even started off saying this you don't do hard things because your life is going to be easier then Right, and it doesn't make you better than other people. No, sometimes it makes you worse. Yeah, like me. Yeah. Case in point. I really <laughs> That's am anecdotal the worst. wisdom. <laughs> I really am the worst. Struggling with things and like struggling like with uh, paradigms and like really thinking about why you think what you think and, and, and what you believe. It's time to ask yourself what you believe. Even taking that that seriously too will will protect you from when your paradigm is forced to shift right like it it will Mm. be like it'll make you more adaptable sometimes we assume in this fallen world we assume that the norm is that everything goes smoothly which is which is it's it's the complete backwards like every time something goes well we should be like wow thank you lord yeah that this was like whoa shocking like wow yeah, instead of like, oh, wow, there was this little thing that went wrong. It was like, that was it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, but we always say, like, we list all the things that went wrong when then, like, well, that's normal. Like, that's, that's, that's the, you know, we assume. Like, you should assume that happens. Yeah. And, and, and so I don't know if we think that people's lives, like, other people are not having problems every day with, with things. And it's just us. I don't know if... But, like, for some reason, we don't... And maybe maybe it's just because it's not how the world should be. Hmm. Like, why mm-hmm. is it that we take for granted when things go well? Like, every time you drive your car and nothing breaks on your car, you don't have an accident or, like, everything... Go, like, you get to your destination and you come back. Like, why do we take that for granted? And then we... we the things that go wrong, we, we are, like, surprised. Ultimately, I think that's because we really, really, really want to be God. So we kind of sometimes think we are. Mm. So when things are going our way, they're like we literally say things are going my way, mm-hmm. right? It's very egocentric. Uh, we're more concerned about things going our way. And we very rarely reflect upon like, did things going well for me cause trouble for other people? Mm-hmm. Right? Did we like, oh, wow, I got all the light screen. We never like think, oh man. Somebody else I, got all so, of them right. Yeah, yeah. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, it's so annoying when you're following somebody and they're getting all the lights green and then like you just see them going miles ahead because you just hit it wrong. Yeah. Because you left too much traveling space. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is because we so quickly live a life curved in on ourselves we don't think that things going wrong 
is normal. We think that things going right and going our way is, is what's normal, but it's not. Mm-hmm. That's just not the case. Yeah. And getting Come- your head macked, wrapped around that is yeah. very difficult because that's not in our nature. Mm-hmm. And by doing hard things, though, and realizing I'm going to fail at this at first helps you realize you're not in control of things. Yeah. It should help you realize that I'm going to continue to fail my whole life. And eventually you get to embracing failure. Like eventually it's like this, this is what makes up of life. Yeah. A good life. Yeah. Is and you, doing and you these things yeah, exactly. that are going to cause me to fail. And it, you don't judge your life of how many failures did I have. Um, yeah. Like you don't divide it like your failures uh, divided by how many things that went well. And that's how good your life was. Yeah. In some kind of order of magnitude, you know, like if you had like you stubbed your toe, but you won a million dollars. Right. Like, it yeah, kinda, so like as long as everything balances that, out, then that was a good life. Yeah. You won the game of life. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life, which is actually how that game works. That is. <laughs> The game is really pissing you off. Yeah, I should buy that for Christmas for you. <laughs> but, but like that's the thing is like, people actually treat their lives like it is that game, mm-hmm. where it's the person who ends up with the biggest, best family and the nicest toys in the best retirement thing wins the game. <laughs> best retirement. thing. Do you remember that there's like Skid Row and there was yes. um, yep. the Millionaire Mansion? Yeah, Millionaire Mansion. But guess what? They all end up dead. Yep. It, nobody ever thought about that. Like the little yeah. plastic. What happens after retirement? Yeah. Death. Yep. They and melt like... down the little plastic blue and pink people. <laughs> Soiling green is people. They're making our food out of people. Next thing they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger. I promise. I'll tell the exchange. You tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell him Silent Green is people! We gotta stop him somehow! <laughs> You're having giddy laughter about putting that in there, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think is funny is that when that movie was made... I think it it was more disturbing, the idea of, like, having to eat people. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays we're kind of like, yeah, I could see that happening. You think so? Well, I think but... they thought that was a, a reality. Like, they thought that was coming for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now we're just so dumb, we just don't even know what's... Well, I also people are like, well, I mean, we wouldn't do it exactly in that way, but we turn people into fertilizer, and that just oh. be the circle of life. <laughs> Which tune was that? <laughs> that, was that was just me saying the circle of life to the tune of uh, Monty Python's yeah, "The Meaning, meaning of, of Life." <laughs> and you know, sometimes things work, and sometimes they don't. Lunch. And that that's doing so- a, doing a hard thing. Of this podcast here. No, I mean this podcast. And failing at it. Yeah, I've talked about it. Like, this podcast is something very difficult for me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's different. It's difficult for both of us, but in different ways. Mm. I didn't know it was difficult for you. Yeah, because I get all contungulated. Oh. Just forming the words. That's the difficult part. 
But I don't live in a psychological dread of saying the right thing or not. I, yeah. I, but you do. I do. So. Yeah. People, she actually cares about you listening to something good. And I'll just talk. <laughs> and talk and talk <laughs> and talk. Words, words, words. I'm so sick of words. I get words all day through. First from him, now from you. Is that all you blighters can do? I think with with encouragement and gladness, we can say you should go out there and, and try something hard. And the thing is, is, it's pretty easy to know what hard thing yeah, to do. You know. You Exactly. You, you know, do like know. what you're scared of. Like, oh, you get anxiety every time you have to call the dentist. And so you make your mom call the dentist every time. Yeah. And then you say, no, I'm a big girl. I'm going to call the dentist. You're shaking and you call the dentist and 10 seconds later it's over. And you're like, oh. Okay, it wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. That that is not anecdotal wisdom. I don't know where that came from. That was just some sort of pulling out of thin air. That's I don't I've never heard of anything like that happening. Yeah, and those people are kinda lame. Yeah. If they're like that. Yeah. But so I don't imagine anybody know, in the world would be like that. I don't know who would be like that. <laughs> With all sincerity, please go forth. Conquer your fears. Yeah. Realize that you are going to fail, and the failure is really the the important part. Yeah, and, and enjoy looking back on on your failures. Like enjoy yeah. like oh that was something I I conquered. Like when when something I don't know like you you get a flat tire you know on, and you're stuck on the side of the road, then you think back to when you had to pull your whole muffler off your car because it was dragging and there was nothing else to do. So you got under there and you had a couple yeah. of cardboard boxes and you ripped the whole thing off and you stuck it in your car yeah and then like you're like beast this flat tire ain't nothing you know what i mean like yeah. you, you kind of like you, you kind of trick yourself you're like whoa look at me go i'm like well on to the next adventure you kind of like i don't know you, you it's like you have extra arrows in your some research for you to put in is is who said the quote that a, a inconvenience is an adventure misconceived that was chesterton okay the actual quote from G.K. Chesterton is, an adventure is only an inconvenience rightly considered. An inconvenience is only an adventure wrongly considered. So every time you're inconvenienced, every time the world is, everything time something isn't going your way, yes. it's an adventure. It's an adventure. I feel like I said that to you. Actually, the, the car thing was actually you and then the muffler thing was me. Yeah, it was a com- conflation. It was, it was of a the conflagution. Conflagution. <laughs> Of that, and then you were a little bit pissed because you were so excited to get off of work early, and then you're stuck on the side of the road for like three hours. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm like, it's an adventure, and I just started picking flowers. Just started picking and... wildflowers that weren't really; they're were just other people's weeds, and they were beautiful. They were. I made I made you a bouquet. I made my mommy a bouquet. <laughs> I made me a bouquet. And it's a lovely adventure. It was. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you can say like I've been through. You know, this adventure, I got to the other side of it. Now I'm in this adventure and I will get to the other side of it. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's very That's what valuable. makes good stories. You yeah, know, it makes like, good stories. Like when you're in Greece and you can't get a taxi cab to stop, you know? Oh, yeah. That That's an adventure. It is. Then you start feeling like you're Gonzo in the Muppet movie. And like, taxi! <laughs> taxi. <laughs> just throw yourself like, inside throw your, that thing. Yeah. yeah, just throw your body out. Yeah. And I'll block... The bookcase with my body. Just like Megan with the baseballs. Just throw your body at that. Yeah, Eventually exactly. you'll catch Eventually it. Eventually the glove will catch it and not your body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
go forth and stay quacky. And above all, be quacky. Here's to us ducks, because we don't give a quack. Also, we wouldn't mind if you liked, subscribed, share, and send copious amounts of coinage. And we thank you. Gravel, gravel, gravel. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye.